Is the racetrack a suitable place for a child to grow up? Don't answer until you listen to this episode of Barn Stories. Welcome to the Barn Stories podcast. I'm Lori Prinz, editor of Equus Magazine. And I'm managing editor Christine Barakat. This podcast features our favorite essays and articles published in Equus over the past 40 years. Although Equus is known for articles on horse care and veterinary research, our editorial mission has always been guided by the bond that exists between horses and people. And each issue has featured a real-life story that celebrates how horses enrich our lives and touch our hearts. We've searched our archives, chosen the stories that resonated with our readers, and given them new life in this audio format. Longtime subscribers may recognize some of their favorite pieces. And if you're new to the Equus community, these stories will confirm that no matter what sort of saddle you sit in, a deep emotional connection to horses is something we all share. This episode is less of a story and more of an essay, an evocative, almost lyrical tribute to the daily rhythms of the backstretch. If you're not a racing fan, you may not be familiar with the small army of grooms, stallmuckers, exercise riders, hot walkers, and other workers who start their day before sunup working tirelessly to care for the horses. But these are the people who keep the racing world humming. I love how this essay describes track life through the eyes of a young girl who lives there. In those early mornings and quiet afternoons, she forges a deep connection with the horses that isn't based on race results or training times. She loves them just because they're horses. She loves their smells, their sounds, and their calming presence. Her experience with horses enriches her life in the moment and provides a solid foundation for her future. I think that's pretty universal experience for horse girls of all ages, from racetracks to rodeos to show rings. Let's listen to Scenes from the Backstretch, written by Verna Dreisbach and read by Taylor Autumn. Nights are quiet on the backstretch, but there is a restlessness and anticipation, not of the rising sun, but of the activity in pre-dawn hours when horses go to the track to gallop. I felt the restlessness too. Occasionally, I awoke to the sound of defiant kicking, accompanied by screams of frustration and fear. I would bolt from my bed, awkwardly attempting to find my shoes without stepping onto the cold, dust-covered concrete floor. The single window near the door, covered with dust and a metal security barrier, cast just enough light for me to fumble with a lock on our tack room door. My brother, who slept on the bunk above me, never woke to the sounds of the night, seemingly oblivious to this entire other world we lived in. Our bedroom opened to what seemed to be a limitless shed row of horses, and beyond were monstrous robotic hot walkers, stacks of hay, and coiled up water hoses. Outside the door, I listened for the sound of the kicking, for the horse who had found himself cast, bound by his own legs and body against the walls of his stall. After many months of living among the horses, I was able to discern which ones had the most trouble with the night. Most times, I talked them through their fury, the sound of my voice calming their fear. Occasionally, I slipped into a stall and pulled the legs over the trapped body to freedom. As a girl of ten years, I felt quite heroic and brave dealing with such monstrous animals, 
moving their entire bodies with my small frame. Once I had the horse freed, we would both stand in silence, calming our fears, and then find our way back to our nightly rest. I would never awaken to the clatter of the cars driving by, to the brightness of the headlights shining through my window, nor to the hum of voices increasing in number. But I would always rouse to the sound of the horses walking by or whinnying. It was still dark when I parted from my warm bed, somewhat startled by the coldness of the room. Morning seemed so far off. On days that I didn't have school, I was part of this fast-paced adventure. I loved to watch the excitement of the horses passing by, who could bear to neither walk nor trot, but simply pranced and skipped with anticipation as they neared the track. They awaited all night for the chance to run. I would head to the track and sit on the edge of the railing, separated from the runners by only a few feet. The darkness prevented me from seeing the entire oval, but I was close enough to feel the ground vibrate when they approached. Clumps of dirt kicked up from their hooves, struck the ground around me. A slight breeze as they raced by would stir wisps of hair across my face. They would return tired, yet revived, with sweat dripping down their legs, foam oozing from their mouths as they chewed their bits. It's only natural you want what's best for your horse. Wholesome blends from Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition combine specially selected whole seeds and vegetables with a premium level of balanced nutrition. Crafted using the safest manufacturing practices, Wholesome Blends feeds are 100% soy-free with no added iron. For a buy three, get one free coupon, visit tributeequinenutrition.com. Occasionally, a horse would unseat his rider at the track, and he would return with an empty saddle, reins flapping against his neck and irons beating against his sides. The sound of a loose horse approaching from a distance was unmistakable, his gates beating out the sound of complete freedom and momentary triumph over his controlled world. Back in the shed route, most horses behaved well as they were washed down with a cold hose then fastened by their halters to the methodic, circular hot walker. Others, however, would playfully, fearfully, or defiantly pull the entire machine over onto its side. This was when I was able to become a participant rather than a spectator. I took the job of hot walking these difficult horses. These intrigued me the most in their quest to be themselves as they insolently refused to comply with their masters. They had extraordinary personality, energy, and zeal in no way did I attempt to tame or control them. They would prance and hop about, walking sideways as their bodies moved in every possible direction. The rising sun signaled an end to the chaos. The heat of the day intensified the smells of the wet horses, the urine-soaked ground, and the piles of manure being carried away by the tractor. Owners, trainers, and jockeys had left or were preparing to depart. Horses were returned to their stalls, now piled deep with clean, fresh straw, where buckets of warm bran, sweet grain, and fresh flakes of hay awaited them. 
the horses had to choose between eating first or rolling in the sweet-smelling soft beds. Life slowed, and with the final load of the tractor, silence settled in. The people were gone, and all that was left were the horses and me. This was the most peaceful time of their day. Not a single head stuck out from a stall. They were all at rest, finally. Looking back at my childhood, I realized I felt most at peace during these quiet afternoons at the racetrack. I would sit and read or do my homework near the stall of my favorite horse. The solitude was welcome, yet I was far from alone. In the nonverbal world I lived in, there was a mutual understanding. It was not solely because I lived with the horses that I was able to understand their world, but because I chose to be a part of their world. Too often we live or visit places, yet never really feel like we were there. They are easily forgotten, or we are in some manner unsatisfied. We become spectators in life, rather than participants. This is true not only of places, but of people. Our interpersonal relationships are full of the spoken language, with the ability to express feelings and desires in words. Yet, they seem to be the most difficult to attain and maintain. The art of true connection is lost. With the racehorses, I was able to develop authentic relationships, and it was fulfilling. Innately, I knew the desires and feelings of the horses I lived with. The horses were my family, and the racetrack was my home. Thanks for listening to Barn Stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a favorite article or essay from the Equus Archives that you'd like us to feature in a future podcast, let us know. You can reach us at equusbarnstories, all one word, at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this episode of Barn Stories? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. The Barn Stories podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.